The song remains the same. My weekly market review, January 8th, 2023. The calendar may have flipped, but the song remains the same. Last week was something of a microcosm of 2022, a steady downward grind for the most part, occasionally punctuated by a sharp spike. Last year, these spikes all failed to trigger a true turnaround, always eventually fizzling out and leading to subsequent further new lows. It remains to be seen if that pattern will continue or benefit from the so-called January effect. Many of the market's big dogs stumbled right out of the gate in 2023's opening few sessions. Apple stock got punished early in the week following a report that the company is telling suppliers to reduce production of some components because of a decline in demand. Microsoft fell hard on Wednesday as analysts downgraded the stock and cut the price target, pointing to growing weakness in the company's Azure cloud computing and Office 365 businesses. Tesla reported far fewer vehicle deliveries than anticipated, and the stock price continued its apparently relentless meltdown. Meta Facebook continues to get slammed and fined by European regulators for its perceived anti-privacy measures. Amazon announced that it's being forced to lay off more than 18,000 employees, a larger total than anticipated, and the most in the company's history. Walgreens Boots shares sank more than 6% on Thursday as the largest U.S. pharmacy chain posted a quarterly loss after taking a $5.2 billion charge to pay for opioid-related claims and litigation. Analysts searched in vain through the minutes of the last Fed meeting that were released on Wednesday for a sign that indicated that committee members have any plans to ease up on their inflation-busting crusade anytime soon. They found, to their disappointment, that everyone was largely consistent with Chair Jerome Powell's public hawkish rhetoric, apparently unanimous in their view that there will be no interest rate cuts this year. On Friday, we learned from the jobs report that the U.S. economy gained 223,000 jobs last month, more than the 200,000 economists had anticipated after a rise of 256,000 in November. The unemployment rate unexpectedly fell to 3.5% compared to forecasts of an unchanged 3.7%. This evidence of a continued tight labor market seems on the surface to undermine recent encouraging inflation indicators, and it initially increased expectations for a half percent hike in February, and a terminal rate, the rate in place at the time that the Fed eventually stops hiking, above 5%. But the data also showed that the rise in wage growth, average hourly earnings, eased meaningfully last month, suggesting that inflation is slowing. And the market chose to focus on this side of things, resulting in stocks roaring higher to end the week, flipping the indexes from a losing week to a winning one. Last summer, I identified what I believe to be the three most important keys to stock prices bottoming out. As 2023 kicks off, it seems like a good time to check in and see where we stand with them all. Number one, inflation peaks and declines, and we get to peak Fed hawkishness. By far the most important one and the one with the most moving parts. How we'll know, the core CPI and the core PCE price indexes begin to meaningfully decline. 
if year on year CPI can get back down near three to five percent within the first several months of 2023, this inflation rate will likely lead the Fed to a position of peak hawkishness whereby the interest rate hikes stop, which could help to form a sustainable bottom in stock prices. The latest, the market is telling us via Fed fund futures trading that it simply doesn't believe the Fed and that it thinks that peak Fed hawkishness will occur sometime in early to mid 2023 and that the Fed will be forced to pivot to actually lowering interest rates sooner rather than later. Fed is resisting this narrative and has denied that its hawkish stance is necessarily close to an end or that interest rate cuts will happen in 2023. So we'll see who's right. Headline inflation has likely topped out, but we need to see a continued decline in all the inflation metrics, especially service sector inflation, and a labor market deterioration, increased unemployment, to make the market's case over the Fed's. Number two, Chinese lockdowns ease and growth recovers. How we'll know, when China COVID cases drop, the abandonment of the zero COVID measures is maintained, its currency moves back towards 650 to the dollar, and economic growth approaches pre-COVID levels. The latest, there has been material progress towards this part of the key over the last several weeks as the authorities clearly abandoned zero COVID and are openly stepping up efforts to bolster economic growth. However, the inevitable massive spike in COVID cases is causing Chinese citizens to choose to restrict their movements and holding economic growth way below pre-COVID levels. The process is, however, ongoing, and this key could well be achieved during the first half of 2023. And number three, geopolitical tensions decline. How we'll know. Oil and other commodities will drop to pre-Ukraine war levels. Update, it's a strange one. Global commodity prices have indeed fallen, some quite hard, but these price declines have most definitely not been the result of reduced geopolitical tensions but rather as a result of a perceived rising odds of a global recession and the accompanying demand destruction. Regarding geopolitics, fighting rages on in the Ukraine with no near-term end in sight. However, there is talk of a UN-organized summit in February that will be aimed at establishing at least a ceasefire, although it's too early to get optimistic about that. While it can be said that progress has been made on all three of these key indicators and we're in better shape than when I first started discussing them, we probably need them all to be satisfied to be able to call that the bottom may be in. We continue to play the waiting game.